This is Killstreak. Investors in button cam technology. It's Killstreak episode 193. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here, as always, my uh, co host, my assistant host, my assistant, Mike Price. How are you, Mike? <laughs> Just waiting for that uh, call up to the big big leagues. Yeah, one day. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm okay, though. I'm doing all right. Um,. Uh, do we have any? Did you watch anything this week that we want to talk about? Uh, I, I watched of... the holdovers. It was lovely. Oh yeah, isn't that really good? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just yeah. like a nice, cozy movie that's just like mm-hmm. very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, not very scary. No, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, Paul Giamatti's eyes a little scary. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's scary because Jesus, do we need to use CGI for everything? Is it know? CGI? You think it is? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you Conf- look confirmed mm, i wasn't sure yeah. i mean i assumed so because it seemed like that'd be a really weird painful prosthetic. you would have no yeah yeah oh you yeah. thought it'd be a prosthetic or or like you know like a contact lens or something sure that makes sense yeah but it moves around that's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um good you also not shot on film it looks like it is but it, yeah they've really kind of nailed it with shot film. on the alexa yeah yeah the only thing i like i when it started I will say that there was like a hot minute when I was like, could it be? Yes, me too. And then there were a couple lighting setups, even though the movie's lit very nicely and shot very well. But like in the first 15 minutes, there got to be like a low light thing where he's like walking around at Mm -hmm. night inside the school. And I'm like, well, you just can't do that on film. It's like there would have to be more light on him. And, you know, that's one of those things that I... uh, that I really like about films shot on film is like night shot night scenes still have like big lights. They just, it like Mm -hmm. feels like night, you know? Um, yeah, that's a good call. I I wouldn't have noticed that because I'm not, not trained in the way that you are in the arts of lighting. Um, but I did also notice that as the movie goes on the, like I, I stopped questioning whether or not it was on film. Yeah. Uh, now here's what I'm curious about. There is um there are two kind of ways to go about doing what they did to mimic the look of film. One, which is the much cheaper route, is to use a pl- a plugin, a digital plugin, right, which essentially emulates film grain. Mm-hmm. Um and is often like, you know, and the good ones are really good at it. They're completely randomized and um you know, they're very specifically tweakable Mm -hmm. but the other thing that's becoming i don't know if it's becoming popular but like for instance the big developer in la photochem offers this service where once you've like they will just do a scan to film and then back out to digital that's so yeah so it's essentially like you just you you project your digital film onto 35 millimeter film oh, so you cool. get the real ga- grain of the of the of the film stock and then you go back to digital with it 
So was, I'm I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask them what they did. I was just gonna. Uh, I was just looking up while I was listening and and it, like you know really letting what you're saying sink in. You were well, doing a great job of multitasking. Um, because we you and I saw the Iron Claw. We did, which is similarly grained up. Um, mm-hmm. That was shot on 35. I'm seeing now. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Because I it did get my um, my new letterboxed um, lit like a film award um, <laughs> that I told you I'm now gonna give to all the movies that I see that are actually lit like films. Yeah, and I remember yeah. I had called it out in that one, and so mm-hmm. it makes sense that it was shot on film. Do you happen to know what your um, what your DP and DIT for wrestlers did with those opening segments if they were digital or if they were scanned in? I assume they didn't actually shoot on 35. Or they 16. did not shoot on 35, but they shot with 35, um, these like vintage lenses. I think Min- mm-hmm. Minola? Is that the company? Could be. Minolta. Uh, Minolta. Yeah. I believe those were it. They were prime lenses. Mm. Um, no, that was all. Um, yeah, we have a, a really, lot of, lot of really, green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a really brilliant colorist. Uh, Marco, Marco, Cordero. Marco Cordero. Yeah, who does. Yeah. He's the DP on the rehearsal and stuff uh, who did an amazing job making those yeah. things look like truly. Look um, I, I, I'm i always any any show I work on. I'm always like impressed with because mm-hmm. I always, you know, for people who don't know, I, I'm seeing stuff that's not color corrected or anything. It's just like the pure raw stuff. So <clears throat> to a certain extent, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't look great. But then once <laughs> once it comes out, I'm like, holy shit, that looks fucking amazing. Like, yeah. like it really does such make such a difference totally and yeah you kind of eventually you sort of like it's jarring at first to see the raw stuff which is often it's like log coloring so it's very very desaturated it looks bad like everything looks like gray and washed out um and in the case of wrestlers too it's just like the rooms that they're in are pretty ugly uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like yeah. backstage at OVW. So. A lot of white rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't really. I just didn't know what to expect. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say I wasn't expecting much because I mean I assume it's pretty high standards on those shows. Um. It, hey, question is my is my uh feed pretty choppy? Like I'm no. fine. Okay, cool. All right. Am I? Are you worried because you're because I'm chopping? Yeah, but it's fine. It's nothing I want to correct. Um, I'm in my my bedroom. Okay, well, you let me know, but you're coming through loud and clear for me. Great. Um, you sound fine to me. Oh, thanks. I, I saw a movie called Destroy All Neighbors, which is on Shudder. Oh, uh, I want to see that. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like make. I don't want to kick no. an indie movie. No, no. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, ah, that's too bad. Yeah. Oops, punch my mic. Uh, so mad about that fucking movie. <laughs> um, you know, I appreciated its energy, but sure, it, uh, yeah, it didn't really do it for me. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, moving on. Yeah, why let's don't we? talk about VHS two. The Vich. Vich. What'd you say? Vish. Vis. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Vis. Yeah. Luckily, it has those helpful slashes mm-hmm. in there, so we know yeah. to stop in between each yes, letter, v. right? H S. Otherwise we'd be trying to pronounce it as a word and we'd yeah. sound like fools. Really confusing stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah. Did you watch it? 
Yeah, I watched it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I tell you something though? For the first, yeah. um, I watched it later than I normally do in terms of like the week, because I usually find I usually like knock it out midweek just mm. to like have it off my mind. And uh, as it got closer and closer to <clears throat> Sunday, I hadn't seen it, and I had a stress dream. <laughs> where it was time to record Killstreak, and I didn't watch the movie. Wow. And I was going to pretend like I had. <laughs> you could have pulled it off, I think. I guess. I had never seen this one before. I could have with part one. but it, it Like, you would have just had to be willing to absorb me giving you a hard time about not paying enough attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but exactly. I don't think I would ever accuse you of actually not watching it. Yeah. So I did. I legit had a stress dream about it, uh, but you know, I watched it yesterday, and then I Great. finished it last night after we had Korean barbecue at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, we did. It's delicious. It was really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it, guys. Uh, we, we did it. We um, did our part. This was 2013. Only a year later. Yeah, the movie was. Um... I don't want to say slapped together, but um, Hollywood Reporter, when they announced uh, they announced it getting directors on board in October of 2012. And I want to say, let's see, when did the first one release? I think it was earlier in 2012. Uh, bu- 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 release date for the original VHS. Well, technically January 22nd at Sundance, but it released theatrically in VOD on October 5th. So it was a week later that they announced there would be a sequel. Okay. So obviously they felt like the first week was possible. Wow, a week later. A week later. Yeah, that's crazy. That is pretty nuts, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what do they say in this... uh, yeah, the end of October. I should say it's it's two. It's like two and a half weeks later. Um, but yeah, they made they made a whole announcement. But obviously, the thing was kind of rushed into production. However, it doesn't really mean the same thing for this movie as that would mean for most movies, right? It's not like you're going to make a two hour long movie in the right. course of three week, three months, or something like that. Yeah, they basically tapped. By the end of October, it looks like one, two, three, uh, yeah, three of the four directing teams were on board and starting pre-production. Um, yeah, uh, and it shot all over the place, which makes sense. You know, there was mm-hmm. stuff shot in L.A., in Maryland, in Nova Scotia and Brit- British Columbia, and in indonesia of course um Mm -hmm. that would be pretty funny if they did that whole thing and it was like burbank (laughs) (laughs) we got set dressing we got yeah incredible set dressing and we literally got every indonesian actor in la (laughs) out here for this thing um but yeah so uh it happened fast and i want to say it was a little seven months seven and a half months before it was done wow um yeah no that can't possibly be true according to this it had a sundance premiere no it was just a teaser it was oh, a trailer okay. premiere but in january so three months october later. to january <laughs> yeah 
There was a teaser trailer ready in three months, and then the movie premiered proper in basically May, I think. No, June. June wow. 6th. That's a yeah. quick turnaround, though. It's very quick. Yeah. I mean, I can, speaking uh, personally, uh, even though I'm taking a long fucking time, it's like, well, I made uh, a movie that's about the length of one of these sequence segments. And, uh, you know, we started pre-production more than a, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are professionals. I'm an amateur. Yeah, these um, are pe- people are paid to do it. And... Oh, that's right. They're getting paid, too. We yeah. were paying to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, slightly different, you know. Um, but, yeah, so it happened fast. And the people who were on board right away, uh, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, mm-hmm. who continue their forays into um filming frame narratives mm-hmm. yeah um then uh you've also got aside from the frame narrative oh i actually let me take that back simon barrett also directed the frame narrative yeah he directed the frame narrative so adam wingard not involved no he just did the first segment i'm sure that's not true i'm sure adam wingard was involved that's but. all he did yeah First segment, also written by Simon Barrett, called Phase One Clinical Trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were on board at the outset. Um, the directors and writer of the second segment, A Ride in the Park, were also attached at the outset. That's Eduardo Sanchez. Did you look him up? Do you remember his name? Oh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, pretty clever to get him on board with the found footage movie. Absolutely. It's one one of the directors of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and his co-director, Greg Hale, was a producer yeah. of the Blair Witch yeah. Project. Yeah. So, yeah, you go to... that's They're they're like the royalty mm-hmm. of the of found footage. Um, and then the third segment, Safe Haven, uh, directed by Timo... J- I think it's Jajanto. Uh, there's a T at the beginning, but I think it's silent. Mm-hmm. Could be Tajanto, but I think it's Jajanto. And Gareth Evans, who people hopefully would know as the director of the raid movies, the raid yeah. and the raid Two. Um, and, uh, Timo, uh, he did the only movie I've seen of his, I think is, uh, the night comes for us. Yeah. He's a well-established Indonesian director. Um, and he, he's like one of, I want to say is like one of the more high profile mm-hmm. directors in Indonesia. Um, like Netflix, I want to say, like, maybe four or five years ago, like, we're like, we're going to do our first Indonesian language feature film. And mm-hmm. he was he was the person that they were like, you know, at, had came on to direct it, which is what you were referring to. The Night, the Night Comes for Us. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's yeah. a he uh, at least from the what I can see from these two, like the two things I've seen really energetic stuff, which is fun. Yes. Yeah, it would seem that way. Yeah, almost like we got some action directors here. Yeah. Doing some horror stuff, which is which can be fun. Um and then the last segment, Slumber Party Alien Abduction directed by Jason Eisner, that was I think the last piece of the puzzle to fall in place. Um Jason Eisner uh he got kind of into this biz or however you want to put it so if you remember the grindhouse trailer contest yes yeah did you do anything for that no 
I didn't. I I did not shoot any. I was in uh, a submission. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Who, I who was uh, directed it? Uh, my friend Don Thiel. Okay. Um. Yeah. And uh. And I think also Chris Duty, who's a very talented um photographer. He does a lot of advertising stuff these days. Two old friends of mine. I mm-hmm. still keep in contact with. But yeah, we submitted something for that. We did not win. Um. I don't know. We could have been like second it's hard to say um but yeah he um his film or his submission to that is you've probably heard of it hobo with a shotgun yes i've seen it yeah uh it's starring or i've seen the trailer and also starring rutger hauer right yep yep yeah um yeah so that was his short and then eventually that got made into a feature spun out of that um he had also done an ABCs of death prior to this. Uh, and funny enough, he did. So he, he's got Hobo with a shotgun short spins out into a feature. He, uh, last two years ago released kids versus aliens, which mm-hmm. is essentially a spinoff of this segment. It's um, one of the two spinoffs of the VHS series, right? Those are the only that. And yeah, I guess so. siren. Right. I mean, maybe more, with this last crop of of new VHSs, who's to say mm-hmm. they could all be bad? We'll find out in a f- in a few weeks. I've seen. Um, you've seen all of them. Oh, oh. Uh, well, no, I've just seen the last the last one. Okay, so you've seen one of the last three. I've seen ninety. 94- okay, let me clarify. <laughs> I've seen ninety four, and I saw uh, the eighty one. I can't remember what eighty, whatever 85. the last, the most recent one. Yeah, eighty five. Yep. Yeah. So you missed the one in the middle, which is 99? 99, yeah. Yeah. I missed okay. that one. Got it. I've seen none of them. And I also haven't seen VHS Viral. So that'll be fun, guys. Like starting starting next week, it's it's all virgin eyes and ears for me. Ooh. So, Eric, you'll get to to really lord over me. Well, not for Viral. Oh, that's no, uh, that'll that's also new to be, you, too. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that you didn't jump up uh, off your couch and run to the theater to see a movie called VHS Viral. Viral. <laughs> you are a connoisseur of viral media, after all. I know. And I'm also a hypochondriac, too. Afraid of viruses. <laughs> I got really scared. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, freaks me out sometimes. Um, you know, when he tells me how worried he is about getting sick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is he okay? I don't know. No. no no um okay so as far as actors uh adam wingard is in phase one clinical trials yeah i texted you yeah i I just texted you like it's crazy doesn't adam wingard know any actors (laughs) (laughs) so there was a guy who was supposed to do that named james rolfe who is more of a YouTuber than anything. Mm. So again, it's like, don't you know any actors? Wait, isn't that uh, the, that's the fucking angry video game nerd. Yes, that's correct. Huh. I've never seen any of his stuff. So is it good? Do you like his stuff? Do I like his stuff? Uh, I did at one point, but I don't think it ages well. Um, it means okay. he's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and then now I heard that he doesn't even play video games. <laughs> he kind of has no interest in video games. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. 
Um, but he's more of like a filmmaker. Yeah. He betrayed us all. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what's the deal with Mr. Beast, huh? Uh, what, like what? Why does his face look like that? I don't know. I don't know why he's so popular. He puts a lot of work into his videos, so I think that's, that's what I why. Heard. Yeah. Um, I'll say because my son watches a lot of YouTube, mm. and Mr. Beast is in there sometimes. Um, and I'll, you know, I, I don't dislike Mr. Beast. I think mm-hmm. some of his videos are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with the real low bar of, of like quality, <laughs> sure. uh, YouTube stuff. Um, but I don't know why he's so goddamn rich. He's about to, I just read, he's about to close in on a hundred million dollar TV deal with Amazon uh, on yeah, top. No. Yeah. On top of already being like worth a hundred million dollars for YouTube. I mean, I was thinking about him because I think tomorrow he's giving away twenty five thousand like, dollars. Yeah, well, he's giving away a quarter million dollars. Oh, yeah, that's what. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right for ten people. Yeah. So I almost. Uh-oh. What do you? Did you retweet it? No, I didn't either. I was like, yeah. should, I should. Though, I have too, right? mu- I have like, too much. No, I have too much I have pride. Too much pride. I don't. I don't yeah. want like people to see that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Did, I don't think I've ever watched one of his videos, so I'm not judging the guy. On anything other than when I see his face on things yeah. at Seven oh, Eleven, yeah. I'm like, what? And I also see him on thumbnails and stuff, and I'm just like, what? Like, how is this guy so famous? He looks, I mean, he looks like a psycho. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he, you know, he's. It's what? What is the opposite of smizing? Right. <laughs> yeah, he's like s- s- smile, smile screaming. Yeah, <laughs> smiles with his mouth, but dead in the eyes. Yeah, he's really. He does have. De- dead fucking eyes <laughs> <laughs> but he's very he's, he's also very generous you know like he it sounds does like a it, lot yeah. to i don't know yeah I, he's, he's a really confounding figure in the modern landscape of pop culture <laughs> for me it's this 41 year old man i don't really understand yeah it. it's what is it, the the principal skinner quote it's like no, I'm not too old. It's the children who are. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Um, so, the movie released on VOD and theaters in June, July of 2013. It made some money at the box office, a little less than a million dollars. But again, like the first movie seems pretty much like it was geared towards uh vod so i don't know it it did well enough that they made a third one and then a fourth and a fifth and a sixth yeah uh although i'm not saying that all of them ride on the success of this movie but i just opened twitter and somebody said i don't know how many more times i can look at this face it's mr beast (laughs) (laughs) it's listening to you what else? I think uh, you know. There's some writers. Most of the directors wrote uh, either you know with a partner on uh, on their stuff, um, and the cinematographers are different for each segment. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a change of pace from the first one. Everybody used their own DP. Um, Makes sense. And none of one. them have Wikipedia pages, so I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying I'm not going to try to look up a bunch of people who don't have Wiki and IMDb pages. I'll IMDb. I'll say the uh, the actor who plays Aisha in um, the Tape Forty Nine mm-hmm. framing segment, Kelsey mm-hmm. Abbott, was once a podcast guest of mine. 
Wow. So I got that going for me. <laughs> I sometimes I get my blonde white women named Aisha mixed up. Mm, so yes. Um, <laughs> thank yeah. you for clarifying. You have uh, <laughs> like with Aisha Tyler and I like you have like, Curry, like Len- yeah. it's like Lenny and Carl on Homer's hand. <laughs> like it's like Lenny white Carl black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, except it's like Aisha black and then. I've yeah. never heard of I've never heard of a white Aisha before. Neither have I. I. But I'm sheltered. Um, there was a funny Simpsons joke that I just saw on Twitter. I think it's a recent mm-hmm. Simpsons where Lenny is asking someone, he's like, oh, do you like my top? And then they look over at <laughs> at Carl. It's like, yeah, he seems really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, Googled, I just Googled white, white girls named Aisha. <laughs> and I found a very popular reddit thread is it acceptable to name a caucasian child aisha (laughs) um and the top comment is i'm black and i've known four white aishas um but apparently it tends to be actually like persian or arabic in origin oh okay a lot of of the time yeah so there you go folks you can still name your white babies aisha congratulations people who are expecting daughters white people who listen to our podcast <laughs> i'm assuming most of you not because of anything we do or anything just you know yeah who wants they're to all allies that's yeah. what's important that's what's important um, um all right yeah. let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the uh plot of the movie so what's the deal now this is woman thinks her son is missing doesn't look like anyone's home. What the fuck? Here, look at this. These tapes only affect you if you play it in a correct sequence. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> Okay, we're back. Um, blood and guts check before we go segment by segment on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? What did you think of uh, VHS? Why 
about you go first? I want to. I want to hear what, what what your take was. Um, I had a much better time watching this one than I did the last one, uh, for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one isn't really. It's not as aggressively permeated with "I need to come" energy like the first one was. <laughs> this is true. I agree with that. <laughs> and then I also think, as a whole, all of the segments are shot much better. Um, mm-hmm. The quality of the cameras are better, and yep. a lot of the camera work is better. Um, although there's a, a couple of segments that kind of the camera work sort of bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and and in general, I think um, the the segments were varied enough that it was, I, I just had, I had more fun with it and, yeah. and they were, they were like different enough um, that there was something in each of them that I, I enjoyed. And then finally it's a half an hour shorter, which is, yeah. you gotta love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do this live on the podcast. Honey, can you come get Bowie <laughs> and close the door more firmly so he can't blast it open? <laughs> nope, Flynn out. Uh oh, Flynn's the big boy. Okay, there we there go. We go. All right, What'd you yeah. think, Mike? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, shocking, no one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, in all of the ways in which the first one lost points, it's an improvement. Um, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch. Right. Um, it's up and down, uh, like every anthology I've ever seen. Um, except, you know, what's pretty solid all the way through tales from the dark side. I haven't, I've never seen that one. Yeah. No stinkers. You've you've brought it up a few times. So it makes me think I should watch it. It's also like, it's like low ceiling, high floor kind of. Right. Um, Right. The last one's pretty fun with James Remar. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about that. We're talking about VHS two, vis 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 two, vicious, vicious. Huh. <laughs> that's that's like that's, that's like two or three more letters at least. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, did you know that this movie was originally going to be called SVHS? I did read that on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, for kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked that too. For those who don't know, that was a short-lived, uh, higher resolution VHS format. But yeah. For all intents and purposes, it was just VHS. It's not like they launched a new, like they played in VCRs. And, yeah. In high school, I was in a fil- like a TV production class, mm-hmm. um, and I think we used S- SVHS. Yeah. To to um, work with, that was yeah. fun. That's cool. fun maybe, stuff. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, um maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Uh, one of the things you said, um, it does feel like these are all better cameras. And it's yeah. only a year later, which is like you would watch it and you'd be like, oh, this must be like three, four years later. Technology is right. advanced. It does kind of feel like a lot of it is maybe just like choices being made. I, I th- was thinking about that. And I think in the first one, they really committed to using VHS. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in or like mini DVs and like like handheld yeah. cu- commercial camera. Uh, not commercial. Uh, consumer. consumer. Great yeah. cameras. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of prosumer stuff, I think being deployed in this movie yes yeah yeah and in general i liked all i mean um i liked how every segment has its own clever like use of different cameras there's like mm-hmm. helmet cams there's i said it in the opening there's button cameras on a couple of them mm-hmm. 
um eyeball camera <laughs> eyeball cam eyeball camera yeah 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 no so you're right pretty fun um, yeah and I, I i think i also definitely agree that you know again even though some are stronger than others i think by cutting a segment mm-hmm. they feel more diverse i think because you know when you uh, it, it to me it felt like the even though there's only one more segment in the first movie it feels like there's three more. It feels it like it feels like they're just like they all blend together, and it's like God, I can remember like two of them. Um, this even you know I I could tell you if you asked me in a month I could tell you what the four segments were for this in a row. Right. You know? Right. Um. Yeah. Do you want to get into? Do you want to say anything else before we get into the individual? No. Let, let's get into uh, the first segment, which is the first of the um four framing narratives tape 49 written and directed by simon barrett Mm -hmm. um a college student's mother requests that private investigators larry and his girlfriend aisha look into the disappearance of her son kyle larry's previous job was spying on and recording a husband cheating on his wife then attempting to blackmail the husband with the footage after breaking into Kyle's dorm, they discover a large stack of VHS tapes and a laptop that contained footage from tape 56. Uh, from the last one. I also don't think it's a dorm. It's more of a house. After, yeah. clicking off, after clicking off the video, Aisha discovers the laptop is still recording. On this laptop recording, Kyle discusses the VHS tapes and Larry tells Aisha to watch the tapes while he inspects the house. As Aisha, Aisha watches the first tape, a figure peers from the shadows. So it's kind of similar um, in its at least in its construction to the first uh, movie's mm-hmm. framing narrative, where it's like people stumbling upon a, a, a bunch of creepy tapes and sitting down and watching them. Yeah, they're just not hooligans. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not fucking sex perverts. Um, so what did you think of this one? Um, well, it's early, right? It's early. So it's, I mean, through this first segment, my thought process was, this is simpler. Yes. And so I'm on board with that. Yeah. You know? I I also, I I agree. It's also, there's the cameras, like we just said, the cameras are better. You get this, like, um, handheld camera at the beginning and immediately boobs within the first, like, 10 seconds of the movie oh i forgot about that it's it's and i didn't i was like oh i mean not uh oh because i'm also like yeah you know but it's like you, you don't know after coming out the last one yeah um but then he gets in the car and there's like a a, a dashboard cam so it's like mm-hmm. oh cool they're mixing it up a little bit yeah and it's not just gonna be this handheld thing the whole time yeah and again it's like do do the does this guy seem like a real private investigator no no but making him a private investigator at least then provides you these opportunities to have all these different things yes recording and i'll say that's one of the flaws in the first these first two movies other than a couple segments coming up or one segment coming up in particular Mm -hmm. there you really get this like college student film project feel where like 26 year olds are playing 45 year olds you know what i mean yeah um which is funny i think because i mean these guys are all in their (laughs) mid-30s right like these directors so it's not like you know 
even when the first one was made, it's not like like they were skewing sort of juvenile, I think. Yeah. And and I th- I think that does continue to a certain degree here. At least in this one. It's just like really Larry and Aisha, it's like you're a yes. private eye and his girlfriend and it's like Right, right. What are you like fucking uh Encyclopedia Brown? <laughs> yeah, it does feel pretty goofy. Yeah. All right, the so kid go- detective, which is actually very good, and I recommend. Oh, I haven't seen that. I heard it's, it's good. Yeah, I like it a lot. I want to see it. Uh, first segment, first proper segment, Phase One Clinical Trials, directed by Adam Wingard and also written by Simon Barrett. In a doctor's office, Herman Middleton is fitted with an ocular implant to replace his right eye, damaged in a car accident. The doctor informs Herman that he may experience some glitches as the implant is still in its experimental stage. As he leaves the clinic, Herman notices a young woman staring at him intently. Returning home, Herman plays video games, then goes to make a cup of tea. He returns from the kitchen to find his game controller far from where he left it, and his tea kettle then suddenly crashes to the ground. Later, Herman sees what appears to be the outline of a figure laying under the sheets on his bed, but when he pulls back the sheets, the bed is empty. But when he looks up, he comes face to face with a bleeding, seemingly undead man and flees to the bathroom. After phoning his doctor to demand he address the problem, Herman emerges from the bathroom and encounters the man again, this time with a young girl who also appears to be dead. Spoiler, they are dead. They are dead. Um, Herman runs back to the bathroom and endures a night of banging on the door from the other side. And then soon enough, a night of banging. He ends up sleeping in the tub. <laughs> on the overnight. other side of that door. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, the woman from the hospital named Clarissa comes to his house, saying she is experiencing a similar situation. Clarissa explains that she was born deaf and had a cochlear implant installed in her ear, giving her the ability to hear new frequencies, including those of ghosts. Herman suggests removing the implant, but Clarissa says that doing so will only keep Herman from seeing the ghosts, not getting rid of them. As Clarissa uh, claims that the ghosts will get stronger and more dangerous the longer one pays attention to them, an overweight, bloodied man in his underwear appears behind her. Herman alerts her to his presence, but Clarissa says she already knows he's there and that he is her uncle, who, according to her, wasn't a nice person. Clarissa initiates sex with Herman to divert his attention away from the ghost. She sure does. She does. Spectacularly so. Sometime later, Herman awakens and sees Clarissa sleeping on the couch. He finds the young girl in his bed and flees before witnessing Clarissa being dragged into the pool by an unseen entity. Despite Herman's best efforts to save her, Clarissa drowns. Running back through the house in an attempt to escape the ghost, Herman locks himself in his bathroom again and uses a straight razor to cut out the implant. The ghosts of Clarissa and her uncle appear in the bathroom as Herman tries to escape, but he unwittingly unwittingly runs directly into the ghosts of the young girl and the man who strangle him. The man grabs the implant still attached to the razor and shoves it deep in Herman's throat, killing him. What are you laughing at? Shoves shoves it it deep. deep. I don't think we need that little bit. (laughs) kind of uh get your mind out of the gutter man no i mean i feel like the guy who wrote this is like doing that you know you think so i think think so projecting got a fucking boner 
Um, so what did you think of phase one clinical trials? Um, I think that this segment is just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like... I appreciate what I appreciate about it uh, is that it's fairly I think it's fairly tight. It's kind of like a little baby Twilight Zone sort of story. It's certainly not particularly innovative. Um, And I think, you know, the execution on it, again, is kind of fine. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's the sort of thing where it's like. You know, we'll get to some other segments in this one. Um, if this was in the middle of the first movie, I'd be like, yeah, it's one of the better ones, probably. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, I, I yeah, I don't know. I feel like, um, <laughs> yeah, what do, what, I, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you for the most part. Um, I, I There are little things that bothered me about it, like, you know, the guy's getting his eye replaced, and mm-hmm. it seems like a really low-impact procedure. <laughs> He's just basically like, oh, cool, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the whole the whole short has a little bit of that, like, sort of, um, it's moving quickly. It's moving quickly. Uh, I think some of the performances aren't great um, mm-hmm. from both. I mean, Wingard's fine. Yeah. But the, the, the girl, uh, Clarissa. Yeah, she's a little underwhelming. She's not great. And then I looked her up. I wonder wonder why I looked her up. Um, <laughs> and she's in one of his first movies called Skull Pop, I think it's called. Okay. Which I kind of I saw a trailer for and I want to watch. Okay. Um, and so I think he probably just had like you know an actor director relationship with her. He got sure. her to be in it. Um, but she's not really good. I was confused. <laughs> this is not really a criticism. <laughs> I was confused by his house. Is that really his Adam Wingard's house? If so, bro needs to get a house cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, what probably a $3 million house and it looks like a dorm room. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like, you know, just like bottles and trash everywhere. It's right. like, dude. Which again is a thing where it's like, okay, either that's what it looks like or this is a choice. And then yes, I'm like, why yeah. are we making this choice? We don't, It's 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 a little bit more of the kind of like the juvenilization of, yes. of everything that really lead let uh leads to the like college film feel of it yeah yeah um and again adam wingard is like at this point probably 35 no no actually he's a little younger he's he's your age um, yeah he's 41 now yeah so he would have been what were so you so much more successful than i will ever be 31 yeah, so he's like in his thirties. I mean, so it makes it's just it seems, just young enough to sort of be acceptable. I gotta know if that was his house. I don't okay. think he owned it. I think he was renting it. My theory, that my theory, he, he was renting it because he started to find success directing. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know twelve years ago, yeah. thirteen years ago, so prices were a little bit cheaper. Sure, and I think that was just really how he lived because he's a 31 year old yeah it is also possible it was a location but it's uh, possible yeah for yeah. sure uh it was really funny seeing his iphone i forgot how small they're oh Holy yeah shit. the like first second gen iphones yeah yeah this would have been around the time of the iphone 4 i believe um, wingard's really committed to that facial hair <laughs> 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 he's stuck with it throughout yeah. the years i left that I, I i left that one behind uh quite a while ago yeah, uh, yeah, the old the Van Dyke 
I believe mm-hmm. we call that the mustache and the goatee combination. <laughs> oh, this is a re- legit criticism. Mm-hmm. I wish the ghosts looked looked scarier. Yes. They're not scary ghosts and they're no. not really even so the movies the the short is so frantic frantically paced that like the jump scares don't really work that's true there's it's hard to build tension yeah because it doesn't really slow down and i would say that you know so it's a double-edged sword because i do appreciate like you don't get bored at any point during this this segment um and there are there are times when it's like hurtling forward at a rate when you're like wait what (laughs) like when clarissa seduces him She's, yes. You know, as far as the shorts concerned, she's been in the house for like 90 seconds. Yeah. She's and, like, hey, you got a beer? Give yeah. me a beer. <laughs> All right. Also, here's my yeah. tits. <laughs> she's also not a great actor. No, yeah. no, she's not good. Um, But I think, yeah, overall, it's it's not offensive, mm-hmm. um, which is a big plus. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it's a it's, you know. It's a, it's a cheeky little kind of, uh, what would you call it, hook for the thing. Yeah, it's a fun idea, and it's um, I like the digital blinks they put in there mm-hmm. uh, to make it seem like it is his eye. Um, okay, so next up we have Tape 49, Interlude 1. I have a feeling we're not going to have mu- – I, I don't even know if I took notes for most of these interludes. There's not a lot happening. Not a lot happening. So back in the frame story, Aisha calls Larry into the room where they discuss the tape's legitimacy. Larry tells Aisha to continue viewing the tapes. He continues playing Kyle's video where he explains that the tapes must be watched in proper sequence to affect you. Aisha finds a new tape and proceeds to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Not much really. I will say – that this is the point at which I start to develop some of my qualms with the frame narrative. Okay. The first being, it's very, I mean, and again, I don't want to be like a, this doesn't make sense guy, but it strains credulity that he's like in this fucking apartment. He's like, was just looking around for 20 minutes Yes. And then he's back and he's like, watch more tapes. And then he leaves for another 20 minutes. Yes. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then later he calls for help. He's like, who are you calling to help for? You've been in this house for like yeah. an hour and a half now. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yes. And then also kind of this, this conceit of like watching the tapes in a proper sequence is like, what? It's, it's, it's like, eh. maybe that'll add up to something. It doesn't. Um, no, not yeah. really. No. So, but again, it's like it's fast. It's it's relatively innocuous. So yeah, I yeah. would say it's a step up from yeah. the last movie's frame narrative for sure. Yeah, and I would say at least now is probably as good a time as any, maybe until the last segment, to say that you know who I think is one of the stronger actors in this whole movie is this guy that they have playing Kyle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because he is kind of weird. Like he's, yeah, he has like an intensity. He sort of reminds me of, um, what's his face? The, the guy from Suicide Squad. Um, and oh, the boogeyman. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I, he reminded me of him too. I, I even had to look up yeah. to make sure. Mal, Mal, uh, yeah. Fuck. Uh, David Malchankian or something like that. No. <laughs> Shut up. Das Malchian. Das Malchian. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> so far away. <laughs> David Malkovich. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one. A ride in the park. Uh, in that, oh, I lost my. Where are you? Directed Julie. by Eduardo Sanchez and Greg Hale. Written by Jamie Nash. Oh, also meant to mention this earlier. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, David Emge. That's right. From Dawn of the Dead, Flyboy. He passed away at seventy-seven uh, today. Yeah, I believe. Now he's flying way high. Flying high, fly high, Flyboy. Um, after answering a call from his girlfriend Amy, cyclist Mike affixes a camera to his helmet and goes on a bike ride through the woods of a state park. He abruptly comes across a terrified, blood-covered woman who begs him to help her boyfriend. <laughs> the gasoline special <laughs> <laughs> little hanging uh, word there yeah <laughs> before <laughs> before she begins vomiting blood mike sees several zombies approaching them before the woman suddenly turns into a zombie herself and bites mike on the throat appropriate to say uh, goodbye to david here mm. After he manages to kill the woman, Mike staggers through the woods, heavily bleeding, before he, too, vomits blood, collapses, and apparently dies. A pair of bikers, a man and a woman, come across him and call emergency services for help. But Mike reanimates, attacks, and kills the man before attacking and biting the woman before she runs off into the woods. He begins devouring the man as the woman returns, having become a zombie as well. Mike, uh, she joins Mike in devouring the man before he too reanimates. Hearing noises in the distance, the three zombies head towards it and find that the source is a young girl's birthday party. The zombified trio invade the party, killing several people, some of whom reanimate and attack others. While trying to attack a man and his three daughters in the car, Mike notices his bloodied reflection in the car window, which seems to subdue his aggressive behavior. After getting run down by a fleeing truck, he accidentally pocket dials Amy. Mike is shocked back into a semi-conscious state upon hearing her voice. Regaining some of his humanity, Mike kills himself with a discarded shotgun. Eric, okay. what yes. did you think about a ride in the park? So this one I had the biggest uh, turnaround on because mm. it started... And um, the acting, I think, is pretty poor in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't really into it. And it's I can, if I can just interject uh-huh. for a minute, I also think there is this phenomenon that you notice phenomenon uh, that you notice in these found footage movies, mm-hmm. which is like bad acting that stems from having to do one person exposition. Yes, yes. So you're, like, narrating what you're doing and, like, saying things with, like, you know, you wouldn't call your wife and just, like, dump all this expository information. Hi, honey, I'm going on a bike ride right now, so I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, just put my GoPro on. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, continue. Yeah, week in the Um, beginning. But then once all the action starts, I was really into it. And I think it's, it's such a fun idea to have, like, a fully zombie POV. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most of the movie, and you're just like following these groups of zombies, yeah. as they cause havoc. Um, yeah, so I actually really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you can sum up why this works all in one shot, which is basically just like, like Eric said, the zombie POV of shambling up to a a child's birthday party and yeah. everybody freaking out. It's yeah, like I mean I was laughing rereading yeah, that cuz it's, it's funny. when it happened it's really funny. Yeah. 
It is. And uh, again, credit for this being a very straightforward concept. Very straightforward. And they get into it really fast. Um, And yeah, it's just like, you know, it's interesting um i there's the, the behind the scenes stuff that i could find was like super weak there are like these three minute featurettes for each thing and half mm-hmm. of it is just the people introducing themselves um but uh eduardo sanchez was saying about this one he was just like well what can we do with zombie genre which has been pretty you know tapped dry and it's yeah. like can we come up with anything different and I feel like you hear directors say that no matter what, but I think in this case they succeeded. It's like, yeah, this is, this is a different spin on something very familiar. Right. Totally. I think if this was not, and and this is maybe a, uh, like a compliment that I haven't really thought to pay one of these segments yet, but it's like, it works because it's found footage, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, a lot of these work, like the ones that we like sort of tend to work in spite of being found footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one is like, no, they actually used the format to make this more interesting than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, I totally agree. Because a lot of the times, like the found footage, and I'll say number, the first segment is also an exception in this, where there's a biological reason for a cont- a camera to continue to run. Mm-hmm because a lot of times you're like why would the fuck would you still be recording right now just run away yeah but in this like no he just has a gopro strapped to his head and he's a zombie he yeah he wouldn't think to take it off <laughs> he's dead. let me turn this off yeah now so i can you know like a cop with his body case <laughs> um, <laughs> no it never would have been on in the first place that's true uh yeah so i thought this one was super fun uh, it also makes me excited for the new soderbergh movie uh soderbergh presence have you heard about this no i have not it's from the point. It's a it's a haunted house movie from the point of view of the ghost. Interesting. And it's supposed to be very good and very scary. Like some people are saying, it's like his best movie in years. Wow. And even the actors in it were, were terrified watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, this one was really. I had a lot of fun with it. I liked all the the damage that the zombie takes throughout throughout it all. Like mm-hmm. it's, you're never sure what's going to be the kill shot. Yeah. Uh, and then. And actually, pretty when he blows his head off, like <laughs> the GoPro goes flying in the air. It's a little, it, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's it's a little silly, but it it is a good moment. Uh, yeah, and the other thing too that you know, I don't know if this is a happy accident or something that they thought about, but you know, I tend to think of zombie uh, gore effects as being some of the most demanding mm-hmm. uh, of of stuff that you'll see, like because you know it's where you tend to see like the most detailed evisceration of human bodies yes um and again by doing it the gopro way you actually it's it's i think you avoid the pitfall of like okay this thing has to look good in like a like a full shot and instead it's like you just kind of the camera just sweeps across stuff every now and then and or Oh, sorry, not yeah. to interrupt. When they're eviscerating, when they're tearing that guy's intestines out, mm-hmm. you're like forced into the guy's like gut cavity, right? Because he's because e- he's eating, <laughs> he's yeah. eating it. Yeah. it's really gross. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so then back to tape forty nine, interlude two. Uh, back in the frame story, Larry re-enters the room and finds Aisha staring at the TVs in a hypnotized state, with her nose bleeding. After being woken from her trance, Aisha says she has a migraine. 
Larry leaves to find medicine as a seemingly entranced Aisha proceeds to insert another tape into the VCR as she watches the figure from earlier crawls out from the shadows and watches her. Again, not too much happening in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the figures in the background are always kind of creepy. Like those are there's two yeah. angles this time compared to the one. I the couldn't first remember how angle. much can you make out of the figure in the background. Um, I can't really remember either. I don't think you can see like what you ultimately see at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think you just see, in this case there's like a crawling one. Yeah, like, I think there's a crawling figure which appears at the end. Sort of a shady obscured kind of yeah just something back there next up we have safe haven directed by timo tajanto is that how you say it i think think silent t jajanto yeah and gareth evans Mm -hmm. uh also written by the two of them a film crew consisting of interviewer malik producer lena also malik's fiance Malik's best friend Adam and cameraman Joni infiltrate a cult in Indonesia known as Paradise Gates in hopes in hopes of shooting a documentary about their mysterious activities with numerous cameras, both displayed and hidden. The film crew is invited inside the cult's compound by a woman known as Madam. Inside, they find the walls adorned with bizarre symbols, school children in classrooms, and women dressed in white garments. The crew meets with and interviews the leader of the cult, a man referred to as Father. During the interview, Lena becomes ill and steps out. While searching for a spare camera battery, Malik overhears a private conversation between Lena and Adam, in which Lena reveals she is pregnant with Adam's child. In the basement, Adam finds a woman with her womb carved out and strapped to a chair. The woman awakens and begins screaming and convulsing, causing him to run away. While Father is being interviewed, a bell chimes and he suddenly announces the time of reckoning over the intercom. The cultists begin a mass suicide via poisoning and gunshots while Joni has his throat cut by Father after repeatedly interrupting the announcement. Lena is abducted by several women with surg- in surgical apparel and Malik is shot dead by one of the cult members. As Adam attempts to rescue Lena, an explosion knocks him back. After watching a figure crawl across the ceiling, he stands and attempts to advance into the fiery room, only to be intercepted by Father, covered in blood with the cult symbol inscribed on him, who tells him the time has come, then proceeds to explode into a cloud of blood and organs. Adam finds Lena on an altar with the cult symbol carved into her skin. He kills Madam, but is, is unable to save Lena, as, uh, watching as the demon the cult worships, which resembles Baphomet, or Baphomet, tears its way out of her body. Didn't we just cover something with Baphomet in it? I think so. Or maybe we just, like, brought him up. I, uh... I feel like he came up recently. Uh, maybe it was in, like, a Hellraiser movie. As Adam attempts to flee, he is attacked by cultists and school children, children, including Joni and Malik, who have risen from the dead and turned into zombie-like ghouls. Adam escapes outside to his car and drives off, only to be rammed by the demon and gravely injured. As he crawls out of the car's wretched, wretched <laughs> wreckage, the demon looks down on Adam before calling him Papa. The revelation that the demon is, in fact, his child drives Adam insane. 
He is seen. He's last seen laughing hysterically before the camera malfunctions and cut and cuts out. I'll say I didn't really get the the Papa revelation mm-hmm. was lost on me when I watched it. Oh, did, interesting. Did you catch it? I did. Yeah. I was taking notes, so maybe that I missed it when I was like writing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what'd you think of Safe Haven? Um. This is. I think like a lot of of horror movies, this is, uh, if you ignore the bad stuff, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are like, it has, it has weaknesses. Um, I think that the acting is pretty bad except for the father, which is good because he's like half of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it tries to do a little too much. But there's enough stuff in here that I had a ton of fun with that it, it still left me with a very positive impression. Yeah, I thought this. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, did I interrupt you? Sorry, the no, lag. You was, did, yeah, you didn't. The lag was such that your video made it seem like you were still talking, but there's no sound coming out. Oh no, it's okay. Um, we'll we'll, pers- <laughs> we'll power through. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I really like this one. Uh, I actually disagree. I think I think the acting might be some of the best in the movie. I think that's uh, true. <laughs> I think yeah, both things yeah. can be true. <laughs> I think you're, yeah, you're right. Both things can be true. Uh, but this one's fucking nuts. It's yeah. I love. It just goes off the rails in a really really fun, crazy, gross way. Yeah, I would use maybe the word unhinged is what I would go to yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, in a very positive way. Yeah, so it's it is like a real thrill ride, and um, I guess if I were being a little bit critical, it's like mm-hmm. they got zombies, two zombie segments back to back, but like the zombies are only a small yeah. part of this segment. Yeah, and you know, I think, I think when I said what I said, I think it like came out a little hot because here's like what I was thinking last night and today while I was thinking about you know what to say about safe haven it's less like good and bad and it's more like these are the things that are keeping this from being truly great uh-huh um cuz i think that otherwise this is and i thought like this is a, this is a a segment that flirts with being incredible yeah um, i i agree with that sentiment yeah and then it just like so I, I I was doing some math um, while you were reading, um, because as I bemoaned last week, like nobody seems to be really keeping track of how long these segments are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I just sorted it all out. Um, so the first one, the I clinical trials is seventeen minutes. Um, oh, feels shorter than that. Yeah, walk in the park is fourteen minutes, a ride or whatever the fuck day in the park park thing zombies ride so this is more than twice as long as the previous segment this is 31 minutes oh it is it is um and yeah again it's like i could i think you could just cut like six minutes out of this and land it at like 25 and i think i part of me feels like they got caught a little bit in between a feature and a short sure yeah i can feel that and i think so you, when you're saying uh, cut six minutes, I think cut six minutes in the in the writing process and not in the editing bay 
for me personally because I, yeah. I feel I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like any of the scenes were su- superfluous. I agree. Um, it was that maybe in just the conception we can simplify a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sometimes you. I think you can just feel it straining a little bit under, like you feel like these guys are have all these different things they want to squeeze into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like just kind of, you know, the fact that you when you get to the compound, it's like you're exposed to so many different weird things happening. Yes, and, and like. Um, and then when the suicides start, like there's like a variety of ways people are killing themselves. Yeah, although you know? I, I did like that scene a lot. I, it's no, it's really, great. You see all the like schoolgirls drinking poison, mm-hmm. and then they're all dead. And then you just walk into a room of all dudes blowing their own heads off. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's really crazy. Um, I think maybe where it didn't need was the zombies. Like, yeah, because he's already being chased by a demon. Right. Yes, I agree. So that is a hundred percent something that I would just kind of, I would just get rid of that entirely, um, or or even just like why zombies? I guess yeah, is my yeah. thing. Like this is like demon stuff. It's a cult, and then it's demon stuff, and both of those are great. And it's like we don't need to also have zombies too, um, and I think that um, that whole ending. Probably from from the birth of Baphomet to the the end end. In my head, because I had forgotten how this one ended. And I was just like, oh yeah, it's like you see this literal demon like climbing out of this woman's womb. Yeah. And then I feel like he should just get fucking killed by the demon, and that would be the end. And I would yeah, he be doesn't really need happy to run away it. and get yeah. in a car accident and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It like it has a pretty long tail. And here's my thing: the demon's fun. We see too much of it. Yes. And and here's my other problem: is not big enough. Yeah. I will. When it emerges from the woman, I was like, holy shit! Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And then some of the chasing stuff was cool, but then once you finally see at the end, like, oh, it's a go- has a goat head. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, like it has, and it doesn't have a real goat's head. It's like it has a goat head costume on. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, less is more with that demon. Head. But overall, really, really like this segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tape 49 interlude interlude three. Back in the frame story, Larry returns to the room with medicine only to discover Aisha is dead, having killed herself with a gun. A VHS tape with the word watch written on it in lipstick lies beside her. Larry picks up the tape, inserts it into the VCR, and anxiously watches it. It was in this one where I was like, man, these are like young people. <laughs> not, <laughs> not like adults. Yeah, this one more so than any of them. Yeah. Um, like writing something in lipstick. Like, I don't... <laughs> people under the age of 60 don't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any thoughts on interlude three? Um, I think it's just continuing to sort of run out the string of like, why are these, like, how is this stuff happening? Why? It's like having her kill herself off screen. That was confusing. Yeah. It's just confusing more than anything. And I, at first I'm like, oh, she just died watching it. Like her brain exploded. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And then having, you know, again, it's what the story demands, but having him discover his girlfriend has killed herself 
And then within 30 seconds, he is putting a tape into the VCR and watching it. Yes. It's like, well, when this happens, I think the first thing you do is leave and call, leave. call 911, probably. I agree. Um, next up, Slumber Party Alien Abduction, directed by Jason Eisner, written by John Davies and Jason Eisner. Brothers Gary and Randy attach a camera to their dog, Tank, to film videos at their lakeside house. Their parents leave on a romantic getaway <laughs> after giving them a list of chores. Gary and Randy invite their friends Sean and Danny over so the group can harass the brother's older sister Jen and her boyfriend Zach and her friends. While the group is swimming at a lake nearby, ambushing Jen and her friends with squirt guns filled with urine, they fail to notice a gray green hide. Uh, sorry, a gray green, a gray alien hiding beneath the water and reaching out to them. Later that night, the group startles Jen and Zach during sex by blaring loud music and flashing lights. A deafening noise is heard, but the group does not notice. In retaliation, Jen and Zach attach another camera to Tank to catch one of the boys masturbating to a pornographic film. <laughs> the deafening noise is heard again, and the power goes out. Seeing a figure outside the door, Zach goes to grab Gary and Randy's father's gun. Suddenly, Zach is grabbed by the alien from earlier, along with others of its kind. The aliens abduct the rest of the group, seeing, sealing them in their sleeping bags and attempting to drown them in the lake. Only Gary, Randy, and Jen and Tank escape, running into the woods to hide. After Tank inadvertently alerts the aliens to their location by barking, the kids run towards what they believe to be a police light, a police lights and sirens, but it turns out to be a trap set by the aliens who abduct Randy. Jen and Gary flee to a nearby barn where the aliens drag Jen away as Gary and Tank escape up a ladder. As the aliens close in on Gary, he is suddenly pulled into the air by the ship's tractor beam. As Gary is pulled into the air, he is unable to hold on to Tank's leash and Tank falls to the ground. Uh, the impact loosening the camera from his back, which comes to face him. Mortally injured by the fall and unable to move, Tank whimpers, and he and the camera both slowly die. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a fucking bummer of an ending, mm -hmm. watching a dog die. Um. Okay, so I guess I'll go first on this one. Okay. I found this one to be like... Huh. It's funny, I'm looking at my ranking... Um, this one is a little confusing at times, mm -hmm. but I actually did think the aliens were pretty scary mm -hmm. in their behavior. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Not so much the way they look, but like they've, it's like, it's a pretty intense segment. It's like mm -hmm. kind of balls to the wall the whole time Yeah, in a way that's kind of fun. Um, Obviously, you know, like all of these has has its issues. And I think the biggest issue with this one is the camera work is a little bit like sickening. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was fun enough. Other than the dog dying, it was fun and, and like over pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. ultimately, ultimately left me feeling positive. Yeah, what do we got? We got 15 minutes on this one. Yeah, there you go. Um, what do you think? Um, I think for me... It tipped over too much into uh, kind of like annoying cacophony. A lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think also it's like 
what it did is it threw into sharp contrast the the previous three segments and in particular segments two and three and their like relative level of maturity uh-huh. um it's just like so much whiplash back to kind of one of the things that bugged me about like say the tape 56 frame narrative from the first one where it's just like there's so many people cross talking there's so yeah. much yelling it's moving so fast and chaotic and the camera's fucking shaking all over the place. And then on top of that, it's like, if you missed, like, grossness, it's back with a vengeance. It's like, yeah. like fucking preteens pissing in a, in a water gun. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, spraying their sister with it. It's like, what the fuck? That's gross. It um, is gross. Yeah. And there are, like, moments, like, it's stuff that, like, could be fun, I think, if there was more restraint. You know, I think everything that they're trying to do is like pretty entertaining, but it's just like, just dial it back a little bit. Like, why do we have to play so big with like this rivalry where it's just like, what if they just like splashed them with water and everyone wasn't screaming the whole time and you have all these fucking like 22 year old dudes, half the entire film is them screaming like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. It's yeah. like just like a fun. It's like all the broy guys are back, and I just think the vibes of the whole thing were a little grating to me. I, I do think that this one, in my eyes, is better than the last, like that tape fifty six. Oh yeah, because is. the kids are, um, they're kids, mm-hmm. so like their shittiness feels more authentic compared to just like a bunch of fucking like I don't know, yeah, weird like psychopaths. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is annoying. Uh, but then when the action starts, it's, it gets pretty intense. I agree with, I agree with what you were saying. I think, I think it does. It is intense and the aliens at, at times are scary. Yeah. I think there's other times where it's like, there's like the first time there's like a bunch of them in a room together. Like to me, it's, it's a little bit like you fucked up the jaws thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You're, they were doing a good job of showing a little bit here, a little bit there, and then all of a sudden you're strobing, and it's like, well, there's just fucking five short people in alien costumes now. Um, it's like you, yeah, it's uh, you should be. I mean, just like uh, Close Encounters or whatever, or I don't know, even um, Signs, where it's just like, just don't, don't, just show bits and pieces of them, have them run through the frame, have them in silhouette, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, finally, tape forty nine epilogue. Oh, I, I I have more to say. If oh, I'm sorry. It <laughs> no, like it's okay. Sound like you're wrapping up. No, I thought I was. I thought you were gonna say more, so I was kind of like ceding the floor back to you. Oh no no no. Uh, yeah. No, I I don't know. There's much. It is weird to <laughs> to have a movie with a you know preteen masturbating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that felt strange. That felt honest. I guess. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, you you mentioned it. I am not in a not in the sense of like I'm actually upset, but as a critic, not a professional critic, but like as a critic of this, like the dog dying at the end is a oh, yeah, bad yeah. decision. It's like yes. why? What is the point? Why is this dog have to die bloody whimpering? 
Like it accomplishes nothing. Yeah. And it kind of violates the tone of your own segment. Yeah, because the whole thing's pretty like light. Even though it's like terrifying in yeah. times, it's like it's pretty light though. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, the and like the whimpering is so sad yeah. and pathetic. It's really hard, especially it's as like awful. dog owners. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It's just like it accomplishes nothing, and it's very unpleasant. So get it out of there. Yeah, <sighs> stop killing dogs in horror movies. Yeah. he can just land on his feet and then, you know, go off yeah. and do some shit. It's the it's exact fun- same segment. It's way cooler if he lands in like a pile of straw or so or hay yeah. and then just like the camera falls off and he's like shakes and walks away or something yeah like that, you know? that'd be funny mm-hmm. all right ready to move on to the epilogue i am now thank you after watching the tape larry watches the webcam footage and sees kyle explain that he and his mother want to make their own tape kyle then attempts suicide on camera by shooting himself through his jaw but survives with his lower jaw shattered and runs off moments before Larry and Aisha enter the house. As Larry watches it, the undead Aisha suddenly rises and attacks him. In self-defense, Larry breaks her neck and rushes into the other room as Aisha rises and chases him on all fours. Larry hides in a closet and shoots Aisha in the face when she finds him. Hearing a strange gurgling sound, he explores the closet, only to find Kyle had has been hiding there the whole time. He didn't look in the closet. Kyle lunges at Larry and strangles him to death. Nobody hides in a closet. No. Afterward, Kyle gives the camera a thumbs up, revealing that he and his mother plan his their mother his mother's plan has been successful before turning off the camera. Okay. T- I want to take this in pieces if we can. Let's. What when did the what's the the mother stuff? I like what is well, what what is that? Well, the I mean, I'm sure you remember the mother is the hired. one who hires them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, what is this doing? Like, wh- what is it? What is the significance of it? Instead of like doling out the mystery throughout mm-hmm. the course of the f- the four segments or whatever, mm-hmm. it just, there's a big info dump at the end that's like, yeah. wait, what? What's going on here? The, the, yeah, the three in the middle are just stalling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Past that then, what? how, how do you... Or should I go first? I don't know. I guess I should go first. Oh, uh, yeah. It's your turn. Um, okay. The the suicide, the shooting. Yeah. Great. It's awesome. It's really great. Yeah. Um, a truly excellent effect. Um, and really, then. Really horrifying. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Really, truly terrifying. Reminds me actually a lot of a super fucked up. Uh, gore effect from Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Oh, um, did you ever get around to watching that? No, I, I, no, I didn't. Get your shit together, man. It's so much fun. I know. It might still be on Criterion. I don't know. Um. Anyways, uh, yes. So that stuff is awesome. Then, I feel like again, I have the same question I had in Safe Haven, which is like, wait, she wakes up. And I'm like, why, why zombie? Let's just do something I know, why different. Zombies? And then on top of that, I feel like the the dearth of creativity to in the year of our Lord 2013 have her bridge and walk like a monster, like a creature yes. on her hands. Yeah, like like the cutscene from The Exorcist. 
Yeah. But I mean, also, this was like when J-Horror hit in the early aughts. This was the whole fucking thing. They just did this for like seven years. And now we're another six years later, and he's like, "Yeah, that's that's scary, right?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah. You, come on, you can do you can do better than this," which is weird because it's the same director who just shot the suicide thing, which is like that's a great sequence, and mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, um, why don't you jump in? Because I feel like otherwise I'm just gonna steal this whole thing. No, no, it's fine. I I don't have a ton to say about it that you haven't already said. It's it it is just the suicide the attempted suicide is really cool. And then the rest of it's like, wait, why? What's yeah. going on here? And then him, hi- I, I, there is that jump scare in the closet is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then like the thumbs up is like, okay, it's stupid, yeah. stupid, yeah. Um, yes. And then, yeah. so what's is she dead now? Because he shot her a second time. I think so. Okay, I think so. But you, why zombies? Like, I don't yeah. understand why we need zombies. I guess because yeah, they're sh- like part of the last one and they're trying to like bridge tapes 49 and 50 and 56 together i guess yeah i wonder if that continues i can't you know because not having watched these in order mm. and having skipped around i mean there are always frame narratives yeah. but i don't remember if like I they mean, tell a larger story i did <laughs> on imdb in the trivia there is like a truly torturous um attempted explaining how like tape 49 and tape 56 exist in the same universe (laughs) okay yeah so i'll take that psycho's word for it um but yeah i i I just think you know and again i think a lot of my criticism here and i'll say as opposed to the first frame narrative where i was just like there's this is all bad this is more like missed opportunity a little bit i agree Um, because Literally, if she just doesn't zombie out, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, so you see, and and like the moment, you know, we don't really, uh, you, it actually doesn't really call it out specifically. I mean, it says what happens that he shatters his jaw and then he runs off moments before before they enter the house, but that's like a big, like that is like sort of the twist of the whole. Yeah, it's like he's been narrative. there the whole time. Yeah. And they're on that tape. Yeah, and specifically like he truly ran out of the room like fucking 20 seconds before they walked in the front door. Yeah. Which then does also immediately prompt the question, is there no blood and gore on the floor? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a great question. Because his jaw is gone. Fucked up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this like... I think I think if it's just she's dead now, she killed herself. May, what if it's just like, well, the tapes make you kill yourself? Okay, uh-huh. great. That's simple enough. It's dark. He tried to kill himself. He failed, so he ran off. She did kill himself. She succeeded. But now he's hanging around the house, which is fucking scary that this guy with a jaw missing is somewhere in the house. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think I think it just gets overcomplicated, and and I don't really know why. I honestly don't kind of I don't see the point. Yeah, I agree with you. And like I said, I think it, it would work better if like some of this stuff was just like doled out more mm-hmm. judiciously throughout the course of the runtime, and not yeah. just like all in this. Not we even said like not enough happens in between to mm-hmm. like even justify their existences. Um. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's rank our uh, the our segments in order. Okay, I'll go number. 
I'll go number one. <laughs> what? I'll go first yeah. with my number five pick. You'll be the number one person talking. I'll be the number one person talking. Uh, I'm picking tape 49 as my, my bottom of the barrel. And again, I liked it better than tape 56 mm-hmm. significantly. But um, yeah, it's just it's the one that not enough happens and then it all happens. Although that gunshot is the jaw thing is really cool. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. My number five is going to be Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Uh, oh, I think, interesting. I just think tonally this one really did not click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I again, that's that's like a very personal ranking. That's not a like, I think this is a worse thing than Tape 49. I just enjoyed it less. I didn't expect you. To, sorry, I, I was yawning. <laughs> I didn't expect to uh, have to speak so soon. Yeah, I, I wrapped up super fast. I pumped the brakes hard. Um, my number four. And, you know, it's funny. When I was looking at my ranking, I was like, huh, I put that there. But I think I agree. I'm going to stick with it. Whatever. This is my knee jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. Phase one clinical trials. Because okay. um, they move so fast. The ghosts aren't scary. Mm-hmm. And the the Clarissa, I really didn't enjoy her performance, uh, her acting performance, her speaking performance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so you, this one's sort of like, yeah, it, it was fun. It's like a little trifle, but yeah, you got just, what you needed from her, and now you're ready to discard her. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> What's your number four? Uh, my number four is tape forty nine. Um, for all the reasons that. That you outlined uh, again, you know, it's just it's a game of inches, you know, yeah. and I think that there were more things that I liked in tape 49, even though on the whole, I also think it was sort of a failed effort. Yeah. Agreed. Number three for me, uh, I liked it much more than you did. Uh, Slumber Party Alien Abduction, although the dog dying at the end is shitty and really does put a sour taste in your mm-hmm. mouth but i think the ride although kind of annoying is pretty fun and intense and it's quick i think that's probably why it's uh ranked high mm-hmm. higher in my list than the others is it's it, it's pretty quick it moves fast and the runtime is pretty quick pretty quick one time <laughs> what's your number three <laughs> Um, my number three is phase one clinical trials. Um, and I think that's a perfect spot for it because I, my feeling on it was very neutral in the long run. Um, Mm -hmm. it did not bother me in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I didn't, it like, I, it didn't feel like a waste of my time, but it was also very much like it didn't move the needle. Um, uh, I think, uh, I think it, like I said this at the beginning, I think it's just fine. I think, I think that, um, it's not bad and it's not particularly good either. It's just kind of, it just is. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think that is the line. Now we're into two segments. I really enjoyed, uh, number two for me is a ride in the park. It's just a really clever, simple, um, concept that I think is executed pretty well. Other than some Rocky acting at the very beginning, um, it's fun. It's funny, in uh, exciting. It's you know I, I don't I'd never seen a zombie POV before. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Maybe I'm 
wrong, but it's just so fun. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, with all the found footage in uh, Diary of the Dead, did I don't think oh, he yeah. ever did zombie POV, did he? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, which means that Eduardo Sanchez and Greg Hale are better directors than George Romero. <laughs> than George Romero. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Right in the park is also my number two. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, it's super simple. The execution is strong. Um, doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, and yeah, that's. I mean, it. This is just to me. This is the. Uh, not to give too much of the game away, but but you know, outside of maybe Siren. This was like the first segment where I was like, that's a tight short. Like, this is what this is what you should aspire to fill your anthology movie with. Like, you don't have to almost touch greatness. You just have to be goodness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and um my number one, our number one, a short that almost touches greatness, safe haven. It's really cool. I, yeah. I just, it's such a blast. It's so exciting. The gore is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's teeming with energy. Uh, and then, yeah, I think our only complaint was that it, it's a little long and mm-hmm. it's a little convoluted for, you know, for its yeah. own good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I agree. And I would add that, um, one of the things that it does that I really like is, you know, with all of the stuff that it does try to squeeze in, there is a nice kind of um, elliptical, I don't know if, if, if that's quite the right word, palindromic almost, uh, like pre and post apocalypse, uh-huh. where, you know, there's a lot of like just in the way that like strong storytellers do. There are many things you are shown and introduced to and set up before the coming or whatever the fuck it is. And then you revisit all of those things in the upside down, insane, unhinged world of post. Again, I forget what he what he, it's time or whatever. But, um, you know, we see all these different things. We see the girls in the classroom. We see their teacher playing guitar. Yeah, he yeah. still has a guitar when he's when when he's zombified. Um, you, you get that insane quick quick shot of these two people fucking. Yeah, with, like so... blood flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there, you you see them earlier. You see them as like a couple, not doing anything crazy, but clearly being <laughs> a couple together. You know, I think all that stuff is really fun. And just to like loop back around, also just to say the guy that they have playing father is really compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's scary. Just, he's scary. He does a great job with it. Yeah. And I, and again, the, this whole thing of like touching great, I think it touches greatness. It doesn't stay unfortunately in, in, in that, you know, uh, layer of greatness, but it touches it for sure. The other thing that rereading the synopsis as we were talking about this, uh, I do think that, the conflict between Malik and Adam and Lena, it, to me, it doesn't do a ton yeah, for the yeah. short. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just like we don't need extra manufactured conflict within this group. They can just be warm bodies to get, you know, 
like absorbed for sure. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I have to say. All right. So let's talk about deaths, baby. There's a lot of here. We got uh Clarissa drowns. Herman stabs himself in the eye with a straight razor and then is attacked by ghosts and has to eat his own eye implant. We got the uh, Mike, the bike rider, smashes a zombie's skull with a rock and then he himself dies after he gets bit in the throat and comes back as a zombie. Uh, he face bites a guy and then eats the guts of another person, another bike rider. Uh, a, the good Samaritan woman is turned into a zombie. They kill a couple people at a birthday party. There's a guy firing a shotgun and kills a few zombies. Then he himself gets eaten. And then Mike, our point of view zombie, kills himself with the shotgun. Um, a dude gets box cuttered in the throat uh, by father. All the people eat poison. All like the school children eat poison. Uh, then there's a whole room full of guys shooting themselves in the head. <laughs> yeah. And then I, one of those guys attacks, uh, who's still alive, attacks uh, one of our characters or POV characters. And then his head gets blown off and hollowed out by a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interviewer gets his head shotgunned off. Um, off camera, there's another shotgun suicide. A bomb explodes, but I don't think anybody actually dies in that. And then father comes out and he himself just explodes into blood and guts. A woman is bludgeoned. Um, A demon bursts from Lena's stomach, killing her. And then the final survivor, Adam, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Um, He crashes covered in blood. And we don't really see the demon kill him, but I assume he dies. Uh, He called him Papa. I think he wants to hang out with him. Maybe he hangs out with him. Yeah. Um, and then Aisha is dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, and then in the alien one, you can't really tell who dies and who lives, except for the little poor doggy who does die. Yeah, that's the <laughs> one thing we know for sure. Yep. Uh, and then the private eye at the end dies. And I'll even throw in the job-destroying shotgun uh, attempted suicide. Because mm. why not? Mm. Just to muddy the waters. Just huh? to muddy the water. Cause, uh, yeah. Mike, what was your favorite death? Um, well, I made my decision not knowing that that was eligible, which is fine. I think I'm okay with that. Um, because my, my best kill goes to something that, you know, I love it when I get an opportunity to highlight things like this, which is like, it's not just a, well, this was the grossest, most effective gore, like just the death that honestly, like made the biggest impression on me for the whole thing is the explosion of the father. Yeah. Which is be mine. Yeah. It's a, like a total shock. Um, he just like, he's covered in blood already and he's kind of freaking this guy out. And then all of a sudden he like balls his fists and shakes for like two seconds and then just explodes. Um, and there's a great kind of quick cut where you just, there's so much blood splashing and like nice little nondescript bits of gore, like sliding across the floor. And yeah, it's just really satisfying. Yeah. That was going to be mine, but I'll also, uh, say the guy who gets his head just like hollowed out by a shotgun Mm -hmm. is, it's a really gross prosthetic that they cut back to. Yeah. You don't really, I mean, you see like a blood splatter and there's like a camera glitch when the shotgun goes off, 
but the after effects are really fucking yes. gross. Yeah, you go back to his head, and that's that's pretty gnarly. But I mean, I do think that you'd be a fool to just leave, you know, the jaw, the jaw, you know. Well, I'm taking it off the table because the guy doesn't die. Okay, so. that makes me feel better. Then it's not yeah. like complicated. Uh, taking it off the table, but. It is still going to be honored in the next, uh, not segment, but the next thing we're talking about here. Zombie thumbs up or down. Is this movie gory, Mike? Mm, yes, quite. Yes, very gory. Agreed. Um, ghost thumbs up or down. Is this movie scary? Is it trying to be scary? And does it succeed? Um, I think so, actually. Mm-hmm. I think there's enough in here that is like really intense. Uh, the the oops, hit my mic. Um, the cult stuff is pretty scary in and of itself. Father's scary. Uh, the demon until it's like really truly seen is pretty mm-hmm. scary. The aliens I think are pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think there's enough going on in here that I would I would say this one does yeah. succeed. And I would say even the most successful elements of Tape Forty Nine are also pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think I think for sure I give I would give it that designation because as we started talking about how scary is it trying to be, I actually think it's not trying as hard as the first one to right. be scary, and it I think it manages to be scarier. Um, so less with more with less. Agreed. Finally, oh shit! What did we say this was? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow job. <laughs> low job <laughs> or new sob yeah that's right right um, and of course new sob from the com- sob commercial where you buy your loved one a sob it's not really Christmas. a sob commercial it's just like it it's a kind of car oh it's not a I sob? think those are usually lexus commercials <laughs> okay all right well in our, for our purposes it is the now defunct car company sob <laughs> yeah. Dude, i wonder if they still make jet engines <laughs> i don't know only one way to find out but i'm not gonna do it uh <laughs> i'll go first okay um it's hard to talk sometimes it's hard to talk about these movies without referencing the one before sure but i will say as a whole i, I uh had a really good time with this one um and you know of the five segments three of them two of them i thought were pretty good almost great mm-hmm. one of them was was decent and then the other two were not so bad as to be um noteworthy mm-hmm. and so right there you got some good uh percentages um i think the camera work is markedly better um there's some scary shit there's some really clever stuff going on and i think in a lot of ways this is where the series kind of I'm not saying hits its full potential, but you see the real potential of continuing making more VHS series, mm-hmm. VHS movies. Whereas the first one, it's I mean I'm not gonna say it's shocking that they made more based on that one because it's obvious, but it's in this one you're like oh okay this is a good formula that can continue. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I do. Um, like almost realizing that they don't have to be as similar as they are exactly in the first movie yes it's like we can get a little more creative with how we shoot them and how mm-hmm. we present them um so therefore i am going to <laughs> it's a uh 
December to remember because, <laughs> sweetie, look out into the front yard. You see that car wrapped in wrapping paper with a big bow like they do in the commercials? Yeah. Honey, here's the key fob for your new sob. <laughs> key fob was left on the cutting room floor as left on the cutting room possible floor. alternate here. <laughs> yeah, and actually, maybe in retrospect, better. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, what say you, Mike? Um, oof. I this is harder for me. Um, and I think maybe for two reasons. One, I I I just think that probably I had an altogether. Uh, I had the most singularly negative response to any segment. I think with slumber party alien abduction so that's one thing that kind of factors it didn't sound like you disliked anything quite as strongly as i disliked that no um then the other thing is kind of like okay it's just a three star system so the highest score i can give anything is a new sob and i'm sorry i sort of feel like i'm in this place where if I'm being realistic about how I score all the movies we watch, this would be like a high uh, blowjob. Um, it's like a movie I have positive feelings about. Um, but also I'm not like, I'm not going to buy this on, you know, this isn't getting added to my collection of like 4k Blu-rays, you know, um, it's just a good time. But I also have a feeling Maybe not a feeling so much as a deep fear. This may may also end up being as as positive as I end up feeling about any of these movies. Um, so I think I have to follow my heart, and I'm gonna say that this is gonna be a tremendous blowjob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reserve the right to revisit that rating at the end of the series because. If this ends up being the one that I like the most, then I almost feel like default I should give it. I should just push it over to the other side. Um, but I guess we'll see. But for now, it's just like a superhead kind of situation. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's take a quickie, quickie little break. And we'll come back for our third and final We're back. Uh, this week, Mike has prepared something special for me. A little treat. Mm-hmm. So It's sausages. It's sausages? Yeah, I grilled you sausages. Oh, thank you so much. I like sausages. Crackle, sizzle, sizzle. <laughs> what you got going on for me, boy? <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> it is unless you 
make a big deal out of it. <laughs> no, no. Uh, big deal out of what? Um, all right. Yes, Eric, you were so kind as to administer a quiz for me last week, and I, I wanted to return the favor. Uh, things got a little out of hand. Um, Uh-oh. And I went pretty deep. I would say that I spent about five hours. Jesus. Um, kind of researching things to do this. And I will say it was, I was interested. That's a lot of the reason why I did it. Um, but, uh, this is a, this is a loose, loose format. I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to try something that I, uh, as, as far as a type of segment, I'm, I, I'm in my head kind of calling it quizstery. Oh, let's make quizstery. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, the VHS series, um, you know, ostensibly is about VHS tapes, at least until the next one. Uh, it may still be about VHS tapes. Um, already a, a, a largely defunct media format by the time the first movie came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The VHS uh ceased to be new vhs has ceased to be made in around 2006 and the first movie came out in 2012 so yeah six years since the death of vhs it got me thinking about dead home video format oh sure um and so i started kind of wondering about you know milestone horror movies and the history of different formats and you know, that's something I think is, is pretty, uh, uh, it's, it's in when it comes to like indie horror films and stuff, thinking about, uh, about different forms of media, it, it, you know, I can't escape the pull of it. It's, uh, my film has, has a little bit to do with that. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is embarrassing and I wish I could take it back, but just know that I came up with it on my own. I didn't watch any of those other movies. You, you um, told me I, that's not true. No, I wrote the script for this uh, more than uh, almost three years ago. So, anyway, you told me the VHS series was actually a big, a big. Uh... Oh well, it's not like the VHS series; it's like some other Shutter stuff, whatever. But, anyways, um, I didn't come up with a good name for this segment, so it's just called tapes and tapes and tapes. Um, so, Eric, from 1972 until today, uh, as far as I could track. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six legitimate forms of home media, like not including streaming. Wow, okay. There, there's also a handful of weirder, smaller ones that I'll, that I'll talk about very briefly. Um, but so this is, this is spanning now 51 years uh, of home video. Really the first time, uh, you know, you and your mom and pop and your kid sister could slap on a movie at your own convenience in your home. Um, it's 1972. It's the first time you could do that. And it was a system called Cartrivision. Whoa. So this is crazy. Um, it was actually mostly owned by Avco, who we think of Avco Embassy as being, um, you know, a production company yeah. we see now and then. Um, this was a TV with a built-in player 
And it was essentially the same technology as VHS or Betamax. It was like reel-to-reel magnet tape. Um, and it was single play. So you would basically, in a catalog, you'd order a movie and it would come and it was like this big red cassette and you'd put it in the TV and you could only play it once. What? And then you had to send it back. Yeah. Wow. Um, which oh, is wait, pretty funny. They could reuse the same tape though, right? Oh yeah, they had to like the the company would have had to, to like rewind reset it, it yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Re- yeah, there was no rewind feature in in the TV. <laughs> I think that's probably what it was. It was as simple as you can't rewind it, so you can't watch it. Again. <laughs> um, so for the purposes of the quiz, kind of that I wanted to give you, Cartravision is just sort of a an asterisk at the beginning of this list because, um, there were only ever about three hundred movies available. And it only existed for a year, 1972 to 1973. And then it it went the way of the dodo. Um, So I didn't want to, you know, I I, I think what we'll really do is we'll start officially with the release of Betamax in 1975. Um, So Betamax and VHS are being developed at essentially the same time they started. What's crazy when you read about all these formats is when you when you see like the engineers and and the inventors and that's and the like you know technicians like when they started like VHS like existed since 1961 oh wow but it didn't become like commercially viable like in terms of being able to have a VCR that someone could use really until the late 70s right? okay and they were so exorbitantly expensive that really no one had them until the early 80s. Um, that's when, like, they started to become an actual thing in people's homes. Right? So Betamax uh, is a format that ran from 1975 to 1996. And I am going to ask you, Eric, to take some guesses with some help from me. Okay. We're going to talk about the first horror movie. Ever released on Betamax. On Betamax. Yeah. And then we're gonna we're gonna touch on a couple other things. So uh let me I'm gonna give you a hint here. Alright. Um so the first horror movie uh on Betamax was released in nineteen seventy-eight. Um and this is actually this is good for VHS too. So VHS starts up just the next year in nineteen seventy-six. And then uh but it wasn't until 1978 that there was like a true drop of feature films okay. that you could get for VCRs or Betamax players, right? Um, so there was, I think it was like a like 50 movies or something in this first drop, and there's two horror movies in this batch. One of them is a pretty unknown British movie from the 50s called Blood of the Vampire. Oh, that's my guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other one, however is pretty high profile uh very recently released since this 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 tape hits the market in 1978 so it's a contemporary okay. film it is an england united states co-production oh. and it spawned a franchise and what i will the one thing i will tell you about every one of these movies is if we've covered it or not and we have not oh well there goes my guess mhm so 1978 was when this tape was released um i want to okay so i'm gonna guess the omen 
That is correct. Well done. Yes. My first guess, I was going to interrupt you, be like, "Mm -hmm, I think I know it, was (laughs) Halloween. Okay. Yeah. No, Halloween, um, probably a year or two later. Okay. Um, So, yeah, uh, The Omen was the first mainstream horror movie ever to land on Betamax. Um, I've heard Betamax is a superior format to VHS. I've never watched uh, anything on it. Visually, yes. Um, so it's like slightly higher resolution. Um, it is. It is. It provides a better picture and sound experience. However, the reason why it tanked is because the tapes can't hold as much information. Ah. So if you were recording to a Betamax tape at home, you could only record for an hour. Oh, wow. And then you had to get another tape, right? So it's like, it's just not really good for movies. Um, Okay. So that was the first Betamax movie. Now, I tried to find information on like the best selling or most popular uh, horror VHS and Betamax tapes of all time. But unfortunately, it's not until we get to the next format that there's really any sales tracking with like any certainty. So we're going to skip over that, which will be a component of all the other formats. And I'm going to ask you to see if you could figure out what the last horror movie ever released on Betamax was. 96. Yes. So this, uh, Betamax died in 1996. I will tell you that this movie was released earlier. I want to say it was released two, one and a half or two years before that. Because they really like dwindled down, and essentially Paramount um, was the last studio that was making Betamax movies. Um, um, okay, can I ask any questions, or should I just guess? Oh, I ha- I have a little more information okay, great. for you. Um, it's not a huge movie, um, but it is a sequel to a Stephen King adaptation. Oh, okay. And we have not covered it. I I'm going to say Children of the Corn. That is incorrect, okay. although Children of the Corn 2 was actually very close to the cutoff and it was one that I thought might have been, but that is not it. I'll give you one more hint. Okay. Um the st- what Nope. You want Go ahead. To, continue. You want a specific I was going to ask a question, you... but then you said, I, you said, I'll if give you, you another hint, but then I, in my head I heard, I'll give you another guess. Uh, <laughs> if you don't get it after this hint, then you can ask okay, a question. Sure. Great. Um, okay. So uh, the star of this movie is the third build actor in what is definitely the best selling laser disc of all time. Ooh which is a movie that came out a year before this one. Okay. The third build actor. Okay. Uh, And it's not like a tricky, like, I guess they would be like, it's, it's a very clear. There are three people, technically four people who really star in this movie. In the star in this movie that he's third build in. Yes. But it's not the... He is the lead in the movie you're trying to guess. Oh, Jesus. Conf- okay. So this is my thought process. My mine okay. is, my laser disc 
guess is going to be Terminator 2, which would be 92. So that, uh, you said a year and a half, so that kind of does put it in the range. Third build on that would have to be Robert Patrick, but I'm struggling to think of a Robert Patrick movie that is a Stephen King adaptation. So that makes me think that's a fool's errand and that I'm incorrect. Um, I will say that uh, the majority of your logic is sound, but there is a problem somewhere. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that Robert Patrick's not third build. Uh, I can't say for certain. I mean, Edward Furlong, that would be a weird, maybe it's not Terminator two. Okay. As a Stephen King sequel. And it's mm-hmm. not okay. I can't ask. I can't ask questions. Yeah, you can ask. It's a question, not a Stephen King sequel. That's also a book, right? It's just like it, this is a new friend. Like the first one was based was based on a book, and then the, or a short mm-hmm. story, and then the rest of them aren't. Um, yes. In the nineties, what do we got? We got like <laughs> the golden years. What's that one called? <laughs> Sometimes they come back again. Yeah, that's 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 right. one of them. Um, Salem's Lot 2, doesn't that come out at some point? It uh, Return to Salem's Lot, that's in the 80s. Uh, just because I know we have a lot of ground left to sure. cover, I'm just going to say it is Terminator It 2. is Terminator 2, okay. Who is third build? It is, uh, it says Robert, it's not Robert Patrick though. It's, easy. it's not Schwarzenegger. Linda Hamilton. Is it Linda Hamilton? No. Oh, God damn, who's the third? Build. The guy who plays Miles Dyson. <laughs> who do you think is first Bill? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, and then and then you think Miles Dyson? No, we said third build. I, I was, all right, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, Edward Furlong would be my or maybe it may, that's what you said initially. Yeah, yeah, but it's wrong. That was your incorrect assumption. Edward Furlong. Who's in the movie the most? Edward Furlong. Yes. Okay. So it's an Edward Furlong. <laughs> Jeez, what is he in? That's Stephen King. I, I, I'm gonna have to submit. You're gonna throw on the towel. Yeah. Pet Cemetery Two. Pet Cemetery Two. Damn. Yes. With him and Clancy Brown and the redheaded kid from Salute Your Shirts. Oh yeah. I mean, also in Terminator Two. Uh, yeah, you're right. They are in Terminator 2 together. Wow, yeah. what a gruesome twosome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yes, Pet Cemetery 2 was the last horror movie ever pressed to Betamax. That's fun. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, 1978, shockingly, I, I didn't think it was this early, Laserdisc debut. Wow, yeah, didn't know. Yeah, the lifetime of Laserdisc went from 1978 all the way to 2000. Um. The first it's laughing at me guessing the guy who plays Miles Dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh that was Joe Morton. Okay. <laughs> He's great. The first horror movie on Laserdisc is also adjusted for inflation. The highest grossing horror movie of all okay. time. Okay. Now I'm answering. Jaws. Yes. What do you think the that is okay. correct? It was released uh, in uh, the first batch of films in 1978. So, the best-selling Laserdisc, we've given that away already. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. However, that is not the best-selling 
horror laser disc of all time. And the answer to that one, it's a cross genre film. Uh, and we have covered it. I'm going to guess alien. The data on this is a little unclear, so I'm going to give it to you because I have it as aliens, aliens, but I, Mm. but I believe like the sources that I found were like the alien movies were like, the highest selling, okay. you know, basically, you know. No, I uh, should have reached for Aliens first because I think Cameron was like just big on Laserdisc. He was, yeah, yeah. I mean, Terminator 2 is famously like the best, one of the best Laserdiscs. Like the special features yeah. are crazy. Um, Okay, the last horror movie ever committed to Laserdisc. Um, so the true last and by the way i'm keeping this all north america these things get complicated when you leave sure sure like they, yeah. they made betamax movies in japan for like another five years after we stopped um but uh i think that this one i disqualified the true last one like if you google it what's the last horror movie ever released on laserdisc um it's actually the last movie ever released on laserdisc um but here's the the thing the last english language movie but it's a japanese release it just happens to be an english language presentation oh and then on top of that i think it's horror adjacent i don't think it's actually horror okay. and it is directed it is the feature debut uh of an acclaimed commercials director who is probably the third most famous film alumni from my alma mater, Art Center College of Design. Ooh. So we got um, Michael Bay, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. and then a third guy? A third guy. Oh, no. Who is it? You're probably not going to get it. Marcus Nipsel? Sorry, just keep... <laughs> no, that's too late. <laughs> Nispel? Nispel. Right. Nipsel is funny. <laughs> Nipsel Hustle. I'll give you the name of the directory we'll see if you can give me the name of the movie tarsum oh sure cell the cell cell. yes yeah cell is stephen king correct okay so that one's like kind of has he made another feature uh tarsum saying yes i don't remember what it he's made a couple okay the fall was his next one immortals that was the big one that he had oh which is sort of like post 300 kind of um i just remember how big of a deal the cell was it was a crazy movie yeah um so what i have deemed the actual last horror movie ever released on dvd i mean laserdisc sorry um it's pg-13 and it is i want to say i'm going to double check this so i don't get it wrong but i believe it is the third of many collaborations between this star and director. And it was released the same year as The Cell in 2000. The The Laserdisc was. 2000, the third of many with this director. Director-star pairing. Director-star pairing. My mind goes... Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. So that would have to be Escape from LA, but that's 97 or something like that. 
So I feel like that's too early. Okay. Um, it's a horror movie. I'm trying to think of other horror movie um, actor-director pairs. Uh, don't think too hard about horror. horror. Like Just, I said, it's PG-13. PG-13. Oh, yeah. Well, for the escape from... Whatever. No, it probably was R. PG-13. PG-13. PG-13 horror movies. We got Gremlins, too early. Gremlins 2, too early. Joe Dante working with people. Oh, no. High profile. High profile. High profile PG-13. No, I know what you did last time. No, 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 no. Wes Craven. Wes Craven? Maybe think about the star first. Star. Star, and I'll give you another hint. It's it's an adaptation of a short story from 1820. Adaptation of a story from 1820. So it's too early for Escape from LA. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, this is tough. Uh, 18 Dracula. No, I think you're gonna kick yourself when you hear. Okay. It. Um. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I I double checked. It is the third of seven. Oh God. Star director collaborations between Johnny Depp and Tim, Tim Burton. Yeah, fuck. Sleepy Hollow. That's correct. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. God, yeah, they didn't oh, it's even. Just called Sleepy they Hollow. didn't even. That's PG thirteen. People get their head cut. It off. is. Yes, but it's bloodless. Uh um, I remember really yeah. liking that movie. I enjoyed it, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So that can close the book on Laserdisc. Um, there is a really weird format that existed that I did not know existed from 1981 to 1986. It's called CED. Um, uh-huh. Commercially, it was sold mostly as RCA video disc. Um, but CED... Uh, is it's i i wanted to include it because it's actually crazy so it's essentially uh an lp but it also has video wow so it's like so is it run on lasers or vibration no it uses a stylus and it spins and it reads the grooves and then it basically you know, transmits a, uh, you know, analog signal, but instead of just transmitting audio, it also transmits an analog video signal. It's called, it was capacitance electronic disc. That's fascinating. And it basically, yeah, it's crazy. It looks like a cross between a laser disc and a, and a record, but it's also in like a plastic square frame. Okay. So you yeah. would slide it in as if it were a cassette. There's some CDR, CD-ROMs and stuff that used to be like that sometimes, like yeah. you'd see in old computers. Or like a mini-disc. Yeah, mini-disc. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this guy only ran from 1981 to 1986. There's no sales data available, so I couldn't tell you what the best-selling horror movie is. In the uh, first drop of movies in 1981, there are two horror films. We have covered both of them. The first one came out the same year uh, that this technology, or sorry, I should say, within a year 
it was not the same calendar year, but it was within a year of the debut of, of RCA Video Disc in 1981. And it is the first film of a massive franchise. Okay. So it came out in 1981 or 1982. Within a year. Within a year. 1982, massive franchise. We've covered it. We have. We have. Um, mm-hmm. Let me quickly think. Uh, double check, double check your math too, because this. So just within so, a calendar, I, so maybe 1980. Yeah, because it came out in 1981, so it probably isn't a movie from 1982. Okay. Oh, so I'm sorry. I was confused with your wording. Uh, well, it, the disc came out in 1981. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I thought you were saying the. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. The movie was made within a year of its release. Uh, okay. Massive franchise. Not going to say Slumber Party Massacre. Um, am I looking at picture at, at uh, movies we've covered? I am. Cheater. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, massive Massive franchise. franchise. What are some massive franchises? In, in both size and import. Who? So Alien is too early. Uh, it's the first of the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Massive. Uh, what's this called? Oh, uh, Friday the 13th. Correct. Great. Yes. And then just to not make you guess more, the other one is, uh, cross genre science fiction film that we covered very recently from the 1950s. Think from another, wait, no, from the thing from another world. Yes. Yes, oh, interesting. Howard Hawks thing from another wow. world. The the last horror CED ever released uh, in 1986 okay. is a recent film. And this one I had to like research a ton. Like you can't just Google this. I went through so much data wow. to figure this out. It is another Stephen King adaptation. But it is not an adaptation of a novel or a short story. Oh, is it um, Silver Bullet? That's great. Yeah. The last CED. Wow. I really want to find one of these things. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. There's got to be some place around. You can? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and it's a technology that I guess... So one of the reasons it fell out of favor is because like a record, you can only play it like 500 times before oh, wow. it starts to get all fucked up. But people who have them, they will still work. Like if you find the machine in the disc, as long as somebody hasn't played it out, they, they still work. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. No, I've, Oh, you know what? Now that I'm seeing a picture mm. of them, I have seen this before. Not like in person, but like, um, that's cool. Yeah. It looks like you're inserting a whole record and sleeve into a, into like a laser disc thing. Yeah. That's cool. Almost. Yeah. Um, okay. So now in the timeline, we have a huge leap forward uh, in terms of technology because at this point, Laserdisc is like solid third place. It's for cinephiles only. And Betamax is tailing off and VHS is dominant, right? In the late 80s and pretty much entirely through the 90s. Um, it is not until 1997 in the u.s that dvd launches yeah. um it's march of 1997 and on launch day there were 32 titles available and two of them were horror movies one is the uh second feature 
by one of uh, our most acclaimed directors. Um, it's gritty, and and uh, I think critically was considered a a large improvement from his first film. And the other one is Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> um, in in the am I I'm guessing the 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 ninety seven one. Yes. And is it a horror director? Mm, no, I would say that this is probably one of uh, three like most horror movies he ever did. One of our oh oh seven. Correct. Oh wow, is seven. Yeah. All right. Now we get into some really interesting stuff because this is our era of actually tracking all of this. The best-selling horror DVD ever is a weird one. <laughs> okay? It is a film from 2004. It is a universal picture. And I would say that it is a failed attempt to do something that Universal has tried to do, do numerous times. Um, it's an adaptation of a property, but it is not a direct remake of any Universal film. 2004 action horror. 2004 action horror. That's too late for the mummy. That's the nineties. Like nineties. You want, what's that? Let me know if you want another hint. Uh, I'm just trying to think of universal properties. <clears throat> Is it okay? Yeah, I'll take a hint. I'll take a hint. It's the same director as the Mummy. Okay. And the Mummy Returns. Oh man. Oh, so is it like a Stephen Summers? Stephen Summers. That's probably not going to help me. But is it? It's sort. It's an action. Okay. Is it like um some sort of like not not this, but like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or some? Is, is it like a cross a mix? Like a yeah. I feel like I'm not going to get this. Uh. You're definitely in the ballpark. Because those are the kind of movies I really don't pay attention to. This is a bigger one, and it came before those films. So it's not quite so gimmicky. Oh, Van Helsing? Oh, here we go. Van Helsing sold over 3 million copies on DVD. Wow. Wow, that's made so much money. Holy shit. That's like Yes, it's like more than $60 million just from DVDs. That's crazy. It's very weird. And there is no last DVD ever made because they still make still doing it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Jumping ahead again to the second format war between HD DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, sure. HD DVD debuted uh, three months before Blu-ray in March of 2006. It was discontinued in 2008. Um. The bah, 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 where are we here? Um, oh yeah, I didn't pull information for HD DVD because its library was very small, and there was only like a less than half of the major studios ever adopted it as a format. So there's like so many movies that just aren't even were never HD DVDs, mm-hmm. right? So for you Blu-ray, can come in, it's fine. Is it? Are you talking to the dog? No, I'm talking to Jess. He's clearly trying to go to bed. <laughs> We're almost <Okay>. done. 
We're at we're at our second to last okay. format. <laughs> Isn't this fun though? I think the people at home are. Yeah, I like this. it. I hope so. Okay, good. Um, the first Blu-ray. Uh, sorry. Yes. So the first Blu-ray horror film ever released was in the opening drop. It is a sequel in a long franchise that I think we have both said we will never cover. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this is again. This is two thousand and six. Is it uh, a Puppet Master movie? No. Oh. Higher budget. We will never cover this long-running series. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is something that that the studios would have chosen to include in the first thirty-two Blu-rays release. So it's 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 a money it's it's a money-making film. Oh. We've said we would never do an amp. It's a specific franchise that we have called out as saying we will never Fuck. do. Oh, s- and Saw? Ahead. No. We've never said that. We we've never said that. We've not said that. Shit. Oh. We will never do. We'll never do it because of the length of it? Uh, No, just because we're not interested. Not interested. It's uh, the same genre billing as Van Helsing. Oh, Resident Evil? Close, but... Underworld. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I won't make you guess which one. It's Underworld Evolution. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Blu-ray sales data is a little harder to track than DVDs because at a certain point, people stopped caring, uh, even though Blu-ray is still the most popular format of home media. Um. Based on my research, the likely highest-selling Blu-ray at over one and a half million copies is also one of the most successful horror movies of the last twenty years. Paranormal, paranormal activity. No. no. Significantly higher gross. Hmm. One of the most successful horror movies of the last twenty. In years. fact, I can I can give you this specific statistic. Okay. Not adjusted for inflation, it is the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Oh, I mean, I feel like I have to know this. Um, you should. In what year was it released? Um, you didn't say. Th- I did not say. I'll say it was within the last seven years. Oh, what the fuck? Why am I not thinking of this? We have covered it. We've covered it. Oh, my God. Oh, God, this is frustrating for me. We've covered it in the last year. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Uh, Halloween ends? No, but that's a pretty uh, good guess. Halloween ends is one of the highest selling DVD or Blu-rays of last year, interestingly. Oh, wow. But it's not, it's not, not, the Hall- not Halloween. It's not a Halloween film. Fuck. Uh... Scream? No. Damn it. Oh. Are you looking at your list of series we've yeah. covered? It. All right. That's right. That's right. I forgot that it was yes. like super, super popular. Super six. Almost $750 million. Holy shit. That yeah. second one okay. sucks we're coming, so we're coming down the home stretch here. Um, Ultra HD <laughs> Blu-rays. Uh-huh. Debuted in 2016. Um with two horror films in the initial library. One of them is uh, a horror comedy and not surprising 
to be grouped in this initial drop. It's very popular. Uh, and then the other one is a late era film by an acclaimed director of the 1970s that we both enjoyed. A late era film of the, is it from the 1970s or it's from, it's more no, contemporary. It's an acclaimed director from the 1970s, uh-huh. but it was late in their career, much later in his career. Um, we enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. We enjoyed it quite a bit. Save if it were not for the acting, it would be one of the all-time classics. Oh, jeez. And by one of the all-time greats, you were saying just like a director in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got, I mean, Coppola's not doing much. Friedkin we love. Is it a Friedkin? Not Friedkin. No. He hasn't done anything great. He's dead. <laughs> Um, okay. This person is not dead. He's not dead. And in fact, they are in production on their first feature in more than a decade right now. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, oh my God. Oh, this can't be fun for people listen to me guess let's circle back to that one the other one you said was a horror comedy comedy. very unsurprising to find that this is one of the first you know ultra hd in 2016 uh yes but i would say in any era horror comedy that is uh, okay so what are big horror comedies uh gremlins No. no Scream, we wouldn't really consider that a horror comedy. A uh, horror comedy. Those are these usually. It's funny because those usually would, aren't very big. No, it's the biggest. The one biggest ever. one ever. Biggest horror comedy. Idle Hands. No. Um, <laughs> what? Shaun of the Dead. No, bigger than that. Bigger than that. Older than. Older that. than that. Oh my god! All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a hint, just for the sake of. It's Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, man, I just never think of that as a horror movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. Circling back to the other one, it's a director you already said. It's a director I already said. Co- mm-hmm. uh, that I just listed. Mm-hmm. You said their name when you were discussing this movie. I was discussing this movie earlier. No, I'm when you were trying to figure it out, you said the name of the director. Oh, okay, okay. Coppola? Dracula. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stoker's right. Dracula. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last piece of the puzzle. Sure, sure. There are three movies. Three horror movies, I should say. That were released across every home video format that I named here. Mm. There were there are very few films that qualify for this. Two non horror movies, the, the really the only two that I could find on a quick look, The Warriors and Enter the Dragon, Whoa. were on every format, not including the one thing that I didn't include is PSP <laughs> UMD sure, yeah, discs, yeah. Um, because they uh, heavily favored current releases, and so there's just no crossover with you know, CEDs, uh, laser discs. 
Three movies. Okay. Can I? We have covered two of them. If you guess one of them, Jaws. You're no fuck. Alien. No. What the fuck? Um, Halloween. No. Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Exorcist. No. Oh, Jesus. Exorcist three. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so here's something to keep in mind. Um, CED video disc only ran from 1981 to 1986. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, right? so 1986 is the cutoff. Yes. And then, but also um, 78 would be the, the, is that the earliest one? Seven, yeah. 70, 78 would be the first year, but you know, could be released before 78. Night of the say. living dead. No, because oh, because it's you know public. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I figured it would have been on everything, but no. God, uh, big movies. Big. Two of them are two. One of them is enormous. One of them is very big, and one of them is pretty big. I mean, I feel like I've said some of the biggest. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you, no, that's a good guess. You got to think these are things that people are still demanding uh, on HD DVD. In 06, on Blu-ray, on 4K now. Yeah, all of those. Mm. All of those I just said well, would want, uh, would qualify for that. <laughs> We've covered two of them? Yeah, two of them. And I would say that those two are directed by... I, you, would, uh, you would probably put both directors on a top 10 directors of all time. In horror movies or, or Carrie. No. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, One of them we covered in the last year. I think we covered both of them last year. Last year. year. In tw- in Are they Stephen King ad- adaptations? One is. Okay. Um, D- Dead Zone? <laughs> He's drowning. I am. You just give it to me. Let's end this nightmare. What's the most... What's the... What's the most famous Stephen King adaptation of all time. Um, Cujo. I don't know. I, I'm like really uh, widely regarded as the, the Shining, greatest the horror Shining. movie ever made. The Shining. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. The Shining, The Thing, and American Werewolf in London. Oh, okay. I was surprised that you didn't guess The Thing at any point. I mean, it just doesn't seem that big. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, but the, I think the thing to keep in mind is it's like a lot of this is about like People who buy Collectors. a lot of physical media. I mean, I'm what are they that Jaws want? didn't qualify. That's that seems. Yeah, I mean, that's HD DVD. So um, Universal never released HD DVDs. Mm. They only did. Movies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Right. That was a that was a tapes and tapes and tapes and then some more tapes. There's a lot of tapes and and discs. Uh, but you did admirably. Eric. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows how to read. Get in touch with us, right? Yeah, I think so. And as always, next week we're covering VHS Viral. Anything else you want to say before you fucking interrupt uh, me? <laughs> it's on Peacock <laughs> and Tubi. Okay. And as always, you know you ride that bike more than you ride me. <laughs> <laughs>